Buick.com. Welcome to the Lowdown. Today's show, Oilers play the Red Wings tonight. These are not Nick Libet's Red Wings. They're good, and they're on a roll. Maybe a little lucky. We'll talk all about it today. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for amazing deals days until February 16th. Only 0.99% financing plus a $10,000 cash discount on remaining in-stock Denali half-tons. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. You can reach us at sports1440.ca on the radio, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada, Apple and Spotify podcast. Text or call us one 401 1440 on Twitter at Low Tide, at Donovan Paulson, at Declan Kruger. And once again, it's a trio, not a duo. That means more verbal from all of us, and we love it. So first I say hello to Declan. How are you? Doing excellent. Happy to be here on this Tuesday. It's a little weird. I'm still getting used to uh, getting a little closer to your chair over there, but I like it. It's nice. Okay, doing you, well. you have a, a, a little amore in your life. Are you ready for Valentine's Day? Have you done it uh, properly? I am ready for yeah. Valentine's Day. We, we're going to go out and get some Italian food, have nice. some chocolate-covered strawberries, roses, uh, chocolates, the whole nine. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. If you were it. forced to, like yes. if you did something real dumb and you had to grab a ukulele and sing a song, could you? I could probably strum one out, yeah. yeah. I think I would probably go Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show. That would okay. probably be my go-to. I was thinking maybe Tiptoe Through the Tulips would have been your speed, but it's okay. Good job. Well, the, the, yeah. I, Wagon Wheel has one line that's like, I hear my baby calling my name and I know she's the only one. So I feel like that'd be good, right? Can you play heart and soul on the piano? I can't, but I have dreams of playing the piano flawlessly. I don't want to take any lessons, but I have dreams of just showing up to piano and knocking out Piano Man like no one's ever heard. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I can see you doing Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Kelly from Cheers. Remember that? Did you ever see that video or that uh, that bit? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Okay. That's what reference. about you? Are you you like you just seem to me like a manly man, and you don't have time for Amore. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no. I uh, I I do not have a a Valentine uh, in mind here, unless uh, one <laughs> wants to approach me uh, pretty quickly. It's here not how today, it works. It goes the other way. I you know have to approach them. I know yeah. that's uh, not how it works. But you know what? Uh, no, we're gonna be uh, sitting on the couch tonight uh, with my myself. That's right. gonna be my own Valentine. So sports yep. is your lady. Exactly. Okay. The Oilers will be my lady tonight, and uh, hopefully they don't disappoint me. I do love your Quebec Nordiques uh, cap. That is awesome. I Thank hope you. they come I, back soon. I, I hope they do, too. They're uh, awesome, awesome stuff. Awesome merch. Uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman from The Athletic is going to join us today. Also, Helene St. James from Detroit Free Press. We'll talk about both the Red Wings and the Oilers with our two guests. Oilers line up the same, except Gagne in for Yanmark. Um, and I don't know where it started, and I apologize if somebody you know talked about it or wrote about it and I missed it, but... I got a lot of texts yesterday and a lot of people on the, the blog saying, man, the problem is the third and fourth line lately. And I looked at the last 10 games, uh, Sam Gagne hasn't played much, but he's got a 1.83, five on five points per 60. Holloway, 1.53. McLeod, 1.72. And guys like Ryan and Yanmark, they're, they're off by like a point. If they had a point, they'd be ahead of their normal curve. The issue is, in the last 10 games, Connor McDavid is 1.74 point per 60, Zach Hyman 0.73 points per 60, and the Nuge is 0.41 points per 60. So it's a 10-game stretch. Don't get all excited. Calm your tatas. But the top line is an issue right now. And we've seen it. We've talked about it. McDavid the other night uh, against, um, what did they play last? L.A.? The, the puck would not calm down. And McDavid was going in on a dangerous rush, and he lost the puck. He never does that. Well, you know, luck is luck, 
and maybe his timing is off, or maybe he was exhausted from the All-Star. I don't know. But I do know that <clears throat> betting against Connor McDavid, he's not 40, and he's not injured that we know about. That line will pick it up, and it probably will be tonight. Oftentimes, I learned this from uh, Bill James. <clears throat> Excuse me. I learned it from Bill James years ago. A guy named Brett Saberhagen <clears throat> kept winning 20 games every second year. And then he'd win nine the next year because he'd get hurt. He'd go 20 and seven, then he'd go nine and 12. And then he'd win 20 again. And Bill James said something I've never forgotten. He said, once you notice a pattern like that, once you notice a trend like that, chances are it ends, it dissolves. Mike Greer had the same thing. He'd score 20 goals one year and then like nine the next I will tell you this, that the Edmonton Oilers don't have to worry about Connor McDavid unless he's hurt. And that means the goal scoring will increase. But if you're upset at the Oilers because Matthias Janmark doesn't have two points in the last 10 games instead of he only has one point, I don't see that as being the point with the Edmonton Oilers. They'll be fine. They're still really, really good. And they were cooking before the break, and they'll be cooking again soon. The one lineup change we mentioned, Gagne, they also have tweaked the defensive pairings back to what we would call normal. That's Ekholm with Bouchard, Nurse with CeCe, Kulak with DeHarnay. I wrote about the 50-man list uh, at The Athletic yesterday, and there are some things that come into view. Uh, things like they could move a left-handed defenseman. Daniel Nugent Bowman wrote about Philip Broberg being possibly that guy. We'll talk to him today about Broberg leaving. Sounds like Ken Holland doesn't want to do it. We're going to find out, though, because, you know, Ken Holland is is the exiting general manager. He's the guy who drafted Philip Broberg. And I've mentioned this before. It's when when a management change occurs, brothers become cousins. It's just a thing that happens. There's nothing you can do about it. And I'm not sure Philip Broberg is here in the fall. I'll just tell you that flat out. They seem really convinced of Holloway. I worry about Holloway's offense. I think trading Philip Broberg would be a mistake. He's 6'4", moves very well. They're going to need that guy. And I think that you could make a trade right now of a defenseman and slide Broberg in. That's not going to happen, but it could. The Red Wings are really interesting right now because they're on a roll. They're playing well. They're running luck a little bit. But I was mentioning before the show, their, their, their defensemen have these really gaudy and impressive goal shares. Olimata has a 75% goal share in the last 10 games. His expected goal share is 53%. Uh, Moritz Sider has a goal share of 46%, expected goal is 36%. So they're on a heater and they're a little bit lucky. The problem is, ordinarily I'd say, well, you know, they're going to regress to the meet, but they might not tonight. And that's the thing to worry about. Both gentlemen, I have two things that I need to request from you. Are you ready? I'm always ready. Okay. What about you? Oh, yeah. All right. I didn't even need to say anything because it goes without saying that I'm ready. So I need you to do two things for me. Number one, if the Morgan Riley news comes down, just stop me from talking and just interrupt me. Unless we're with a guest and then maybe do that anyway. Because it is a big news. Got it. And if the, because the Elks have signed uh, Javon Leake, which means they have the first first time they've had a return game since Gizmo, I think. That's a big deal. I know your Rough Riders are going crazy in yes. free agency. If there's something major, specifically involving the Elks, please tell me. Will do. I will we say, Tony, Tony Tompkins was nice in the return game for a time there. For, uh, it was, for you're the right. Elks, Good yeah. point. Good point. 
What are you turning into a Wanak over there? I know. What am I doing? I'm getting ahead of myself. I got to wow. stick to uh, stick to NBA. I can't have too many niches. Well, niches and nephews—they're really good, though. <laughs> they totally are. <laughs> Uh, pitchers and catchers reporting soon. Uh, Jays, I-, I like their Sleeping Beauty winter. You seem to be very upset about it, Donovan. Why? What, you don't like inactivity? Inertia doesn't appeal to you? I can't stand this team right now, truthfully. Um, well, number one, um, watching Jorge Soler get $14 million over three years is kind of just a slap in the face because... Like, what are you doing? You you need home runs, and, and they're, they're just not getting them. They, you could have signed Jorge Soler as your DH. You could have traded for Juan Soto. You could have actually made an impact. And uh, instead, they're putting out videos on Twitter. Uh, we listened. We we. We received what you asked for. Here's some here's some uh, some cup holders in the in the lower bowl of our uh, new refurbished Rogers Center. I. I of course. What did I expect from the Toronto Blue Jays? Wow, this is bitter. Are you a big baseball fan? I, I love baseball, and I've been following along with this free agent group uh, pretty attent, pretty attently because I mean, you see, you hear the Blue Jays have six hundred million dollars in change to maybe spend on on Shohei Otani, and then all the insiders go. Oh yeah, the Jays. The Jays will spend money this off season, and then you watch the off season go by, and free agent after free agent keep signing, and you're like, they're not signing anybody. <laughs> I thought they should have gone after Soto, and I think they kind of got lost a little bit, and the Yankees end up getting the guy. See, I would have signed Cody Bellinger, and I know he's still out there, but why? Why are we not signing Cody Bellinger? You, Maybe he doesn't need... like you. Well, the Jays were, are kind. Were kind of in on Cody Bellinger, but. Like, why are you not signing? You need a lefty bat. They, their only two lefty bats are Dalton Varsho and Kevin Biggio. Oh, and I guess Kevin Kiermeyer, but that's way down the line. Are you? Are you? Nine. Are you being critical of Kevin Kiermeyer? No, I love Kevin Kiermeyer. Oh, you better. But yeah, Kevin Kiermeyer. Uh, you can you can do whatever you want with Kevin Biggio, but Kiermeyer, I like. Like we're gonna have Kevin Biggio hitting fifth, probably. Well, that's a mistake. That is a catastrophic error. That's a bad idea. It's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. You, you, need, you need some left-handed power, just ability to do anything, really. And uh, they haven't done that. So I'm, I'm pretty upset with this Blue Jays offseason. Do you care? About the cup holders? Or about the uh, lack of free agency. Well, I moves. saw. I, listen, I actually thought Bellinger would have been the correct target as well. Not to piggyback off Donovan too much, I'm not as invested in this whole cup holder situation, if we should call it so that. He's, as the rest he's are. bitter and angry. D- yeah, it's Donovan's, probably because he doesn't have a girlfriend. Let's uh, be honest. Yes, could be. Well, I mean, he just confirmed. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch anyway. I'm going to hope for uh, good things come October. But this is not going to make or break my sports fandom come baseball season. I'm going to tell you a little story, boys. I have a little time and tell you a story. So, do you know who Duke Snyder was? I do know who Duke Snyder okay. was, yep. He and uh, Dave Van Horn used to do the Montreal Expos broadcast. And Duke used to tell, it's in the Dan Turner book, he used to, when the mics were off, he would tell Van Horn, he'd say, what this team needs is a lefty bat with hair on his ass. That's what he called it. He wanted a guy who could like drive doubles into the gap or hit home runs, drive in runs, be a man in the middle of the lineup. And so one year, 82 maybe, in the winter meetings, the Expos traded a really good third baseman, Larry Parrish, to Texas. And they got a guy named Al Oliver, wonderful ball player. And 
they moved Tim Wallach from first base to third base, and Wallach unbelievably could play third, which was hard for a first baseman from Cal State Fullerton. Now, I remember reading that winter that Oliver has still had the great bat. He did. He played for years. He was a wonderful hitter. But that he couldn't play. The first baseman, he was a DH in the American League because he couldn't throw. And you're like, who cares? You know, the guy, he's playing first base. How often do you throw? I'll tell you. Al Oliver as a first baseman in the field was a disaster for the Expos, even with his bat. So understand that you do need a lefty in there, but is Bellinger still okay in the field? Oh, yeah. he's He was a gold glove center fielder at one point. He's great at first base. He plays center and first base. Okay, he can play so, both of them flawlessly. So they're not signing him because of Vladdy then? Uh, well, no, but he's like he's primarily an outfielder. Okay, so, so why who will they not replace? Is it KK they won't well, replace, or who who? Why are they not signing? Bellinger? I think they're just cheap. I, I genuinely I no, look. Let's 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 take the cheapness out of it because you might have a you, you might have a grudge. So let's pretend that's not the issue. Okay, if they're going to sign Bellinger and they're going to play him in the outfield, who does he replace? Well, he would replace, he would make KK the fourth outfielder, which I think he should be. Okay. Now, is there a possibility the Jays just like KK's defense so much that that's the reason I'm not doing it? Well, Bellinger is also a gold glove center fielder. So, like, you said recently or he, before uh, I don't he remember, was. I don't remember the year on, on his uh, gold glove center. How old field. is this man? Uh, what is. 29? Okay. So he might be sliding from center field. Uh, I mean, not really. Like Co- Cody Bellinger, he still runs really well. He he does. He's really athletic. He does everything well in center. Then I don't understand why they're not doing it. Yeah, I, I don't either. It makes no sense at all. Your grudge Sorry, might not be a grudge. It might just be a good a, a good point by I, you. I think it's just a good point. Like uh, they the, need the, somebody who can do something to me. Is it possible he doesn't want to come to Toronto? Well, his girlfriend was literally, or his girlfriend or fiance, whatever. She posted a picture in Toronto. They were touring Toronto. Yeah, but you don't believe in girlfriends. <laughs> I mean, let's. We're six degrees of you. I'm just teasing. I don't know. I mean, if if I I do know, I watched the Expos for years needing a lefty bat, and when you don't have one, it's easy because the all the the opposition manager he just runs in a righty all the time, and that's what they what happened to them last year. And you watch them, and you're like, well, what are they going to do to Vlad? They're gonna they're gonna throw an inside sinker down down and in, and then they're gonna throw an outside slider down and away, and he's just going to keep grounding out and grounding no. out and grounding out. No. And he was, was he, I think he was second in all of baseball and ground out into double plays. So you're, you're watching just the same thing over and over to every single one of their batters pretty much, and your lefties aren't good enough to do anything. Like Kevin Biggio, I mean, he had a good on-base percentage in the second half of the season, but you, you, you Kevin Biggio is not good enough. Like, I, I agree. I'm sorry, but I agree. I have zero problem saying he should be a utility guy. Oh, 100%. He should no. be uh, a platoon switch for whoever else you want to have platoon against lefties. If you want to have Santiago Espinal against lefties, sure. If you want to have Biggio against righties, sure. But those guys, like, you can't have Biggio hitting fifth. It's a joke. No. But, okay. Uh are you happy with your Rough Riders, what they've done so far in free agency? I'm happy so far. I love Mika Johnson. I love AJ as a running back in that backfield. I don't love the loss to Tevin Jones. I thought he had a great year last year. What about Hardrick? Do you like him? I like Hardrick. Yeah, it's yeah. so tough to gauge offensive linemen. What I've always yeah, kind of found yeah. is we just get told offensive linemen are good. 
and we just have to believe it. Right? You know what I mean? So, oh, but no, no, I'm with you. I like yeah. Gregor was talking the other night about you know old linemen and how they line up, and my eyes glaze over because all I know is if they're from Weyburn, they're probably good. Right? Anyone from Sask- from a Saskatchewan farm is probably a good lineman. I was yeah. just told for years Stanley Bryan was the best offensive lineman in the CFL, and I just was forced to believe it because that's what everyone said. But I'm happy with the moves they've made. Looking forward to the season. I saw some odds that came out. I believe the Rough Riders had the fourth worst odds to win the Grey Cup. They will be getting my money. I'm looking forward to it. I'm happy with the moves. Okay. I think just replacing the coach is a good thing there. Yeah. They were so stale. Yeah. And they he like he didn't have control of his team. They yes. were getting suspended. And he said, what are you going to do? Which is the worst thing for a coach to say. Yes. I would have I would have probably moved on from Jeremy O'Day as well. But I, you know, obviously Dickinson being out of there bringing in Corey. I'm very happy with that. O'Day's been there a little too long at the fair. I agree. Okay. I agree. All right. Look at us agreeing. We got to get back to the angry. Can we just return to the angry? Maybe. I don't know. I think the show is a little bit better when it's all lollipops and rainbows. Really? Things are nicer. People are smiling. Everyone's having a laugh. Well, who it's are we going to pick on? Can't always be Donovan. No, no. Well, it's never Donovan. We should bring in Connor in here. Well, it's his birthday yesterday. It was his birthday yesterday. He's yes. Happy birthday to the Connor. I didn't man. realize he was 53 years old. That seems high. He looks great. Yeah, he, he looks really great. does. He moisturizes. He must do it like every hour on the hour with that skin of his. Okay, we're going to move on. Rumors on the way. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Twang Tuesday for Wolf GMC Buick. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. Lana Del Rey does a version of that song. I think it's new or recent. And I don't know anything about Lana Del Rey except my daughter listens, so I know who it is. And I keep singing Blue Jean. Like, I know what the song is, but it's a really nice melody. And she does a really good job on that song. Maybe one day we'll hear it on Twain Tuesday. And you love country music, is what you were saying to me. Oh, I'm I'm a huge country music guy. Yeah, this is about as far as I go into country. <laughs> is uh, Take, Me Ro- uh, Take Me Home, uh, Country Roads by John Denver. And then um, maybe a little bit of, uh, I guess if you want to call it Glenn Campbell, country damn right he is uh sure then. you're trying to claim him for pop music aren't well, you I, no I, I just don't know i don't listen to when he says other than i am a lineman for the county he means it i like southern nights too that's a that, the i guess that and and southern nights those are my two country songs okay that's, all right so, well that's about it as you get older we will win you over you know we, we just and you love country too right oh like can't get enough yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, when Low Tide said, let me tell you a story, I pictured Abe Simpson in front of the Lemon Tree episode. LOL from Big John. I tell a lot of stories. The lowdown should be John Denver all day, every day. Amen to that. One day, one day, uh, we will do some kind of inebriated show, and I will yodel the Calypso song. Bye, Calypso, the places you've been. I will. There's a part in there where John Denver just goes off as a yodeler. I'll do it. I love that song, and I will do it. No problem. As long as the Jays and Yankees are garbage and don't make the World Series, I'll be happy forever. From Slick Rick. I, I used to hate the Yankees, and then Tim Raines won a World Series. And then I couldn't hate the Yankees anymore. So I don't. Why can't people grasp that a free agent is free to choose? Why is the blame always assumed to be on the team only? Jason and LaDuke just hammering, hammering there. I mean, pretty obvious Donovan Paulson is being hammered there. Do you have a response? I do have a response. So uh, I've responded to this with, I was going to about to respond to that uh, for the second texture here, but uh, the Jays offered less money to Cody Bellinger last year 
uh, and he chose to go to the Cubs. They were the they were the finalists. They were the two finalists, the Cubs and the Jays. He chose the Cubs because the Cubs offered more money. And this year, he hasn't gone anywhere, but the Cubs and Jays are both in it again, and he is very clearly willing to come to Toronto. It's just the Jays will refuse to offer money again. So it, it's this one, this is totally on the team. I totally agree with your text. It's just when it is on the team, it is very clearly on the team. Okay. That's my point. All right. Well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you being here to defend yourself. It's time for Pro Rumors, and this is going to be Hockey Rumors, and I just steal it from ProHockeyRumors.com. is a great site. Do you follow that? Do you go there? I, I've started to check it ever since yeah. I did this show. They, they, they basically, they're, they're like Spectres Hockey used to be, and still is, but it's in an easier for, format for old people with a large font. Uh, the Blackhawks have replaced Luke Philp on waivers. they got to get him down to AHL Rockford. Uh, Luke Phil's brother, of course, uh, played for the Oilers and did amazingly well in Bakersfield. I think he would be in the NHL now had he not retired, and he retired for understandable reasons, but that's too bad because he was a wonderful, wonderful prospect. Uh, Tyler Pitlick, one of my favorites, is on waivers for the purpose of assignment to Hartford from by the New York Rangers. Always liked Tyler Pitlick. He was, I'm not going to say accident-prone, but he definitely pulled up some injuries early in his career and has had a journeyman's career, but I've always followed him and always really cheered for him. And I hope he still hangs around and plays in the NHL. The Senators placed Zach McEwen on waivers yesterday. He is now cleared. He is a guy that the Oilers were reportedly interested in a couple of years ago, I believe. And he's a physical guy and they need some beef on that fourth line based on people who are closer to the situation than me, I would just have Las Vegas' fourth line if I could. Maple Reefs are going to recall uh, Dennis Hildeby. I really like this player. He's a gigantor goaltender, and I think he can... I would play him... Now, the Leafs are in trouble because they gotta they got to make the playoffs, but I'd play him in 10 games down the stretch just to see what you have. He might be your savior in the playoffs. Evgeny Dadunov out indefinitely. He's got a lower body fracture. When you say it like that... You know, the mind begins to roam. What lower body fracture? Uh, Connor Timmons has mono. That sucks. Owen Power is going to miss a few games with an upper body injury. And the Golden Knights lost. That was a big loss last night. You know, I I don't know how closely you follow the standings, but Vegas losing. The Oilers now have five games in hand and are seven behind. So they have a possible ten points if they if they go four and one. This is a really interesting race for second. The Oilers are not out of this. And Vegas has been hot as a firecracker, but so have the Oilers. Going to be a wild and interesting run. Trouble by Travis Tritt, great country song. Great rock, too. As this is Twang Tuesday, maybe something from Toby Keith. Perhaps, How Do You Like Me Now? Of course, he recently passed away. In my opinion, all bottom six are expendable. I would disagree with that. I think that Ryan McLeod and Dylan Holloway are players you want to keep around. Uh, I think Corey Perry is, I mean, he's on the second line now, but if it's Fogel on the third line, I want to keep him. The only problem with it is that he makes a lot of money. So if you're going to get Jake Gensel, you probably have to at least contemplate trading Warren Fogel. The problem is, I don't, Warren Fogel is a productive player. I'm not saying he's the 30 goal scorer. If you can get Gensel, of course you do. But, 
you better be sure, because if you're requiring Jordan Eberly one time for old time's sake, who did that song? One time for old Was that Terry Crawford? Oh, a little before my time, but I'll go with that. Or 38 Special. Maybe they both did it. Um, Mr. LT, next 15 years, what percentage chance the Expos come back? Ah. Uh, and that's from Bad Captain, uh, Newfoundland baseball fan. Expos and Newfoundland baseball fan. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping for it. Warren Cromartie promised me that it was going to happen. I don't know. I ho- I just hope for it, right? Like I'm an orphan. I feel I feel orphaned by Major League Baseball, and there's such a hateful bunch of people that I I feel like they would just, you know, they would just not do it just to punish people because they they just delight in that. They're just Major League Baseball owners are just like. When the when, when there was remember when the, the the pandemic was on and people were looking for something to do and they were bored and the owners said I don't know if we go back we got to turn the lights on we got to pay people there's costs involved I don't know and uh, that base major league baseball guys are like the owners make so much money they can't spend it all and they're still selfish and I know I'm asking for too much but I would just like major league baseball owners. Maybe to give back a little bit and stop bitching about the players. The market sets the price. I guess I'm riffing off what you were saying about Major League Baseball. Broberg for Tanev. The the problem with that is you're giving up a really good young player to a division rival for a rental. I don't see that happening. No love for Winston October? Oh, sure. But I was making a point. Nuge is a bigger issue. And concerned than Yanmark. Well, Nuge isn't scoring, but the top line isn't scoring. And I know he's looked tentative. I know all of that. I still would not. For me, I just would not move Nuge. JMO, as the kids say. LT, should we be mildly worried that the team plays 24 games, 46 days to the end of the season? Well, I've I've been hammering this since October. If Philip Broberg were on the roster and playing, you'd have a little bit of depth and you wouldn't have to worry as much. Now, if somebody gets hurt, you call him up and he hasn't played here in a long, long time. That's an issue. And I do think that the Oilers are, are going to be tired. Uh, they are running a short roster for cap reasons. They want to build up the cap. And I think that that is a concern, but we knew it was coming, right? So at some level, this is should have been anticipated and has been. The goaltending is straightened out. The defense looks good. It's just that they don't have a seventh guy. And the forwards look fine. And I don't know why the third and fourth line are being targeted over the last 10 games. Both Holloway and uh, Ryan McLeod are scoring well enough. And if you add a point to Derek Ryan or Matthias Janmark or really any of those cats, they're fine. They're, they, they're, them not scoring is a matter of, of they don't play that much. And you don't expect them to score, and they're your penalty killers. You, you can't change the roster makeup now. And you can't expect Matthias Janmark to go 2.50 points per 60. Gagne is doing it. Sliding him in makes complete sense. I get that. But they were on a 16-game winning streak. People get mad about the weirdest things. You know, when if you're mad at the third and fourth line for not scoring right now and not mad at the top line, then what are you doing? Top line plays a hell of a lot more than the third and fourth line. 
and the third and fourth line are running pretty solid offense. Ryan McLeod has a 1.725 on five points per 60 in the last 10 games at five on five. Dylan Holloway is 1.53. Corey Perry's 1.16. Not great, but not terrible. And Ryan's 0.73. And Brown's 0.66. And Yanmark is 0.66. But they don't play that much. If, if, if Yanmark had one more point, he'd be at 1.32 points per 60. Parsing is what we're doing. We're ponderous right now. And Oiler fans have a tendency after a 16 game win streak they go 1 2 and 0 oh, and there's upset and there's rage and they're just there's just no reason for that. They've gone 1 2 and 0, oh, not 0 oh and 30. But I think the the decade plus of darkness have created a a, a oh my god the sky is falling attitude for Oiler fans and I wish if you are that person I wish you could get it out of your mind. This is a really good team. It is. I thought they were lost, and they were so good, they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps after going 2-9-1. and one. In order to be where they are now, after the 2-9-1 and one start, they had to go 28-8-0. and oh. You can't be bad going 28-8-0. and oh. I don't care what game you're playing. If you're playing street hockey in your backyard and go 28-8-0, and oh, you're doing just fine. Do we have any free agency? Any signings? Not that I've seen. Not that I've seen. The most recent one was still uh, Jalen Edwards Cooper to the Rough Riders. Okay. They got lots of money out there, right? Eh? Oh, yeah. I mean, all community funded. Like I said, the Rough Rider boosters are something else. They always have been. Got to do something about that. Okay. On the way, we're going to talk a little bit about the Detroit Red Wings and where they are. And they're playing well. Is it a house of cards? How's Patrick Kane doing? We'll talk about that and more with Lane St. James from Detroit Free Press next. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440 on Twang Tuesday. For Wolf GMC Buick, visit wolfgmcbuick.com. Just announced Robert Plant and Allison Krauss are going to headline the Edmonton Folk Music Festival. They do lots of great songs, but I love Killing the Blues. Man, very, very good together. So thanks to Mark A. for sending that along at one 401 We love sports, but we also love music. I love Alison Krauss and Robert Plant, who's been around a little while, longer than me, actually. Uh, joined now by Helene St. James from Detroit Free Press. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So uh, Lucas Raymond, after that hit, uh, any word on like how he is, uh, you know, uh, what kind of, uh, we know about the suspension, but what kind of impact it might have on him? Well, he finished the game. So, so he came back. So fortunately he just got, had to go back for the spotter. So, um, and he, he's practiced since. So uh, there's no, uh, no reason to think that, that he wouldn't be uh, in the lineup tonight. So they were very ha- happy about that because uh Derek wasn't certainly wasn't happy. Derek alone after the game, he said, "You know, that's exactly the kind of hit um, that the league wants to take out." Do you think? And this is just me being an old man and seeing stuff. And it just seems to me the later in the season this happens, it, maybe they played to, you know each other too many times. But there does seem to be a little more you know violence as we prepare for the the playoffs. 
Yeah, I, I mean that's that that may be. You know, I certainly think it's best for the league uh, to take care of it. I mean, that sends the best possible message. You know, don't um, don't do it. And you know, ultimately, I mean, uh, Lucas could have come out of it a lot worse. You don't want to see that happen to to any player. I think so. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure uh, if it does. Certainly, I think that the games get a lot tighter. Uh, you know, because points you really start to realize. I mean, the Wings have had such a good January and start February off with a victory, and they're still only in the second wildcard spot in the East. So it really hits home how precious every single point is. The Edmonton Oilers fans uh, really took to Clem Costin when he was here, and a, a day doesn't go by that somebody doesn't text in and say, you know, can can the you know Oilers get Clem Costin back? Um, I know that, uh, you know, he, he's had kind of an uneven season, but, but how has he looked? Is he getting a little more playing time or is it still strictly fourth line? Well, he was uh, scratched the last game because the Wings had everybody available. Robbie Fabry, for personal reasons, is, didn't make the trip to Edmonton. So that puts uh, Costin back in the mix for the fourth line. He unfortunately just has not shown what he did uh, in Edmonton. He hasn't shown that with the Wings. He's been... You know, really a non-factor most games. Uh, unfortunately, he's had a few fights, but um, nothing, just, just none of the offense, you know, not, none really of the physicality that, that made him such a valuable player for the Oilers. And, you know, I think the Wings expected a little more. I mean, they, they certainly like his size. That was why they acquired him and, and signed him. So, um, you know, there's certainly still time for him, but, but I mean, he hasn't worked his way onto the penalty kill or anything or off the fourth line, uh, higher up than the fourth line, and he's been he's been the odd man out when they've been fully healthy. So not not the Clem Costin that um, that the Oilers saw, that's for sure. The the And this is something that does happen often with, with I don't know why, but bigger players, players who come out of uh, junior and take a, a little more time. But I, I'm looking at the numbers for uh, Michael Rasmussen, who's, who's played really well uh, all year, certainly in the last 10 games. Goal share is good. Scoring is good. He's a big man, 6'6", 220. I think he's 24. He's been around a little while. Uh, but this appears to be really uh, uh, the best season, and, and he's kind of piled two or three in a row here where he's heading in a good direction. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, and, and he was playing really well last season and then suffered a leg injury uh, in late February that ended his season, which is unfortunate. He and Andrew Kopp play really, really well together. And for the past months or so, Christian Fisher has, has also fit onto that line really, really well. Like that's, I think, as close as the wings feel, they have to a, a good checking line, a, a line that really grinds opponents down and certainly can score as well. So, But no, Michael Rasmussen, you know, and, and especially his hand-eye coordination, he's really good in front of the net at you know, tipping pucks uh, into the goal. So he's been, he's a, he's a very valuable piece for them, you know, and, and adds big size. And he hasn't even, I think, hardly been on the power play this season, even though he's a big guy, because they finally have enough players to make two really good units. They have some, some depth at last, but they're very happy with where he's at in his development and, and how much of a contribution he makes. A great goal share for that line uh, at five on five. They're obviously doing things, uh, doing things right there. Uh, how, how's the goaltending situation, and who who might we see tonight? As of uh, yesterday, Derek wasn't sure if it was going to be Alex Lyon or Vila Huso. Vila Huso will certainly get into one of the games on this trip there, go on to Vancouver and Calgary and then uh, Seattle. 
um, before they come back home. But Alex Lyon has just been, you know, such a, a glorious story for them. I mean, he didn't even play the first five weeks of the season. They go to Sweden. Vila Huso has to return early because uh, uh, paternity paternity leave, and Vila Huso ends up playing the second of that back-to-back game. I mean, I'm sorry, Alex Lyon, that's his first start. And then, you know, uh, Vila Huso got injured, and Alex Lyon, James Reimer was okay. Um, but, but Alex Lyon has just been so phenomenal for them all through January and into, you know, February now. So... He's been, you know, for 900000 a season is just a phenomenal bargain and, you know, such such a key, key reason why they're in the position they're in in the standings. Eileen St. James, our guest, Detroit Free Press. I wanted to ask you this, and this is a, a, a loaded question. I don't mean it to be because I see the standings. I know where they are, uh, but I read all the time about, you know, the, the you know, top 40 uh, players who are going to be traded and there's three or four Red Wings on it. So, uh, you know, I know it's too early and they may well be a seller, but the, they, the way they're playing, they don't look like one. Do you, do you think it's possible the Red Wings are a buyer? No, I, I, I mean, well, certainly not a seller unless they have a, just a phenomenally bad next three weeks. I think the, what makes the most sense for them is just to be quiet. I mean, they're not a team. They're not a contender. I think that, that they don't look like a team that's going to go four rounds, right? But they do, to me, look like they're going to make the playoffs. They also, I mean, when you have Daniel Sprung and Robbie Fabry most nights playing on the fourth line, you already have a veteran defense, and you have three goalies, all of whom have, you know, played in the playoffs before. What are you buying? I mean, without they're they're not in a position in their rebuild where they can give up a first round pick. That just doesn't make sense. Or give up a top prospect to get the kind of potential game-changing player at the trade deadline. So, you know, to me, if if, if it were me, I, I think I would just, you know, if some really good deal comes up, you know, somebody with a term maybe, but um, but just I, I think what, what would you change, especially as well as they've been playing? I mean, what would you subtract? Who would you add that would be significantly an upgrade? Again, you know, they have veteran defensemen. They have scoring on every line. They have three goaltenders. I just think right now it looks to me what makes the most sense for them is just to keep keep the team as it is. And, and there's also, you know, the players, um, you know, bubbling up. I, I saw Jonathan Bergeron uh, do some things not long ago. They obviously have uh, Sider and, and Raymond who are, uh, 2019 and 20 drafts who are are, are playing very well. It, it seems as though, uh, and, and not to put too fine a point on it, but the when when Ken Holland and uh, Archie Henderson and Tyler Wright left the Red Wings organization, uh, the 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 drafting early days. I mean, 2019 is five years ago this summer, uh, but they seem to have have uh, in some ways drafted higher, but also are, are having a little better luck. Uh, how many of these young players that are sort of bubbling under, and I mentioned Berger, and might you see here down the stretch and into next year, they've drafted a lot of people in the last five or six years. Yeah, I think, you know, Berkman certainly is somebody, you know, they, they keep on him about working on the defensive side of his game that that really needs to improve. He certainly got the offensive skills and, and you know, to be in the NHL. Simon Edmondson, a defenseman, is another guy. You know, I'm sure he'll be on the roster next season. I mean, they, Steve, Steve has drafted really, really well, starting with Moritz Sider. And absolutely, you know, I think Ken Holland would be the first to admit, I mean, there were some, 
you know, it was just unfortunate. The Wings went through a stretch there. You know, 2015 first-round pick, Yevgeny uh, Shvechnikov didn't pan out. 2016, Denis Chalowski first-round pick didn't get anything out of him. You mentioned Rasmussen first-round pick in 2017. They got something out of him. And then, you know, 2018, they draft Philip Sedina, who they got nothing out of, and pass on, on Quinn Hughes, who just try and picture Quinn Hughes and Mort Sider <laughs> in the Wings' yeah. lineup. I mean... You know, so so, but but that's such that sets the team back. You know, when you miss on three or four first round picks, that's just that that's really really tough to recover from because it's just how else are you really going to genuinely improve a team? I mean, you, you know, free agency, the best players usually don't make it there. Trades, it's a gamble, right? You have to give up something to get something good. So, Steve has done, you know, with, with Cider and and Raymond and then Edmondson. I mean made some really, really good picks. And, and the other thing that I tell people you have to be patient with the Wings is they don't have any luck in the draft lottery. I mean, Chicago goes from Kane and Tiz to Connor Bedard. How is that fair? Yes. The Wings finished. They were, they were so terrible in 2019-20, and they were pushed back to pick fourth. I mean, they got Raymond, but they should have had the right to make the first. They should have picked first or second. Like, it's just they've picked no higher than, than fourth. So since, uh, since the draft lottery, they've been pushed back or, or stayed pat. So... You know, it's just, it, it's going to take time. But I do think, uh, to circle back, that they look to me like they're going to make the playoffs. Um, but I don't think that, you know, making a big splurge or anything really makes sense for them for where they're at right now. You know, the draft odds are because of the orders, right? When they got the number ones, they, they said, uh, we're going to change the draft odds to make it less likely for the poorest teams to get the first overall pick. And the result was the orders weren't as bad as they normally were in the year they got McDavid, which made everybody mad. But that's the that's the template now, and it's because of the orders. And it, you're right. I, there's no damn way Chicago should have gotten that first overall pick. And I do think... Uh, the NHL should look at that because it isn't fair. And I don't think teams tank. I mean, you know, coaches are coaching for their jobs. Players are playing for their... Now, you can say the GM can influence it by having putting together a bad team, but I just, I just, don't, I don't, I just don't think the teams genuinely tank as a group, um, you know, that, that, that that should be such a big factor. And don't you want to see the teams that really struggle, you know, make picks that then make them better. I mean, wouldn't that be the most egalitarian way forward? So um, the draft lottery, I mean, it's just it's, it's such a sore point with the Red Wings because they've just have had absolutely no luck. They luck as far as finishing any higher or getting the first or second or even third pick. So you and I are going to abolish the draft lottery. We're going to work on you yeah. work on it from your end. I'll work it on from my end. Okay. It's a deal. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Helene. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. All right. Helene St. James from Detroit Free Press. She, by the way, wrote on the clock the Detroit Red Wings version. And I don't know if you know or not, but I wrote the Edmonton Oilers edition of On the Clock. It's a book. It's about the draft. You might want to pick it up one day. I might have to take a gander at it. Yeah. $28. I mean, that's walking around money for you, but you know. Maybe a little steep for me right now as uh, <laughs> as the local intern. That might be a little well, steep. Well, maybe, maybe Declan, you could buy it, the book for you. You can get him a free copy. Come uh, on. I, I, I think you can do him that I service. I, as a matter of fact, you know what? I'm out of copies of it. I, or I would give you one. I I, uh, I sold sounds, them all. Mm, sounds like a cop out to me. I know you got a couple <laughs> sitting on the bedside I table. I actually don't. 
I have it on like line, like I have it on file, but not the actual physical book. You know what you should do? You should print out a manuscript for him. Otherwise, I'll give him my copy. My dad has it right now, but I'll, I'll get it to you. So you didn't even read it. You just gave it to your dad. I read about. I read it. What's he using it as? A doorstop? Uh, it's he's probably got it in his bookshelf right now. This he would respect me. it more than that. Would, does anybody read the damn book? Do you just buy it to say you have it? No, no, no. I bought it it's with a, full intention. I worked of really hard on that damn book, and it showed. I have friends who come up to me and tell me how good of a book it is. And that's true. That's a well, that's a true. I would story. like you to start recording those and sending them to me. I, I should. That's a good idea. All right. Okay. On the way, Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletic. He's written some brilliant stuff about Jack Campbell, Philip Roberg, and of course uh, the Otis road trip. He was out in Cali. Is that what you kids call it today, Cali? Uh, and we'll talk about the Otis lineup, the waiver wire, and more. The deadline a little bit too, because we're getting close. This is the lowdown with low tide on Sports fourteen forty. It's time for an update.